a lot of taboo around that. So I kind of, you know, reached out to you. I know you personally. I reached out to you and just said, hey, you know, would you mind coming on and sharing your story? And, and you was down for the call, you know? Definitely. Um, I remember when he called me. Because apparently he called me like a week before and I didn't see it. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep going with the lines, he says. So he FaceTimed me like on a three-week call with Lydia. And when he told me I was going, that I was so excited. I was elated about it. I was like. I was already like on board before I even finished, you know, um, asking because I kind of feel like all my life I've had to just constantly. One thing um, I learned early on about coming out is when you come out to one person, it never stops. It's always a never ending thing. And I always thought, oh my goodness, that's so exhausting. But after a while, you get used to it. You know, if someone asks you a question, it, you whether read whether or not they know you. So you're always coming out to people. And by coming out to people, you're also having to explain yourself. And if people who don't know me, or even if you do know me, one of my biggest pet peeves is like reiteration. Yeah. Explain myself. I hate explaining myself. I tell you something once, if you don't get it, okay, I'm not explaining it again. But if I have to explain it again, it pisses me off, actually. So when I have to explain to people constantly who I am, and them not necessarily understanding it, or even wanting me to understand it, that kind of upsets me. So that's why I was so elated to be on this platform because this is kind of like an open letter to anyone and anyone who has any questions about who i am and who and who my community is yeah so um you know definitely this is an open letter and hopefully you know after this conversation you can go ahead and send this out to all your friends and family and, and people that are interested to know and learn more because i want this to be a learning experience for many of those so, you know, when I was coming up with this question, with the questions for this show, you know, I had to do my own research because mm -hmm. we live in a time now where it's almost like the LGBTQ plus community is like, no, we fighting for our rights right now. You got to come politically correct. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, I, you know, I, I'm a baby on this platform. We don't want to get anybody mm -hmm. canceled. So, like I said, you know, if, if I say anything, please excuse me. I'm also trying to learn. But also correct me because this Definitely. this is to be a learning experience. <clears throat> so with one of the first things I saw was, you know, when approaching someone from the LG, LGBTQ plus community, what I what I tend to see is that there there tends to be, uh, you know, some confusion, in the sense that you know some some people get that community mixed up with their sexual preference versus mm -hmm. having gender identity. Mm -hmm. So could you really explain to us, you know, do you believe that people confuse the two? Definitely, both in the heterosexual community and both in the um, gay community. Preference, um, not to necessarily get too in, in detail because even though um, people may think we're very together in the gay community, it's very much not the truth. For example, there's a lot of like, you know, racial injustices going on in our community. And the way I can describe the preference is, typically you have your Caucasian gays who think they're at the top of the food chain for God knows why. They, t they tend to prefer, oh, they only want someone who's masculine, they don't want someone who's feminine, they only want, you know, someone who's white, or they'll be like, no fats, no femmes, no Asian, that's like a typical stereotypical phrase that they have that's not a preference that's more prejudicial but anyways preference it's more like oh i wake up this morning i decide i want to wear black jeans instead of white jeans that's preference 
your gender identity is oh you wake up this morning and something in you a force within you that you just can't control is like hmm maybe i'm not going to listen to what the television is telling me about me having to like girls and maybe i you know probably like guys to me that's the difference between preference and you know the other Uh, okay so when you identify yourself right one when did you when did you get to that realization of identifying as i want to say gay Mm -hmm. and then also what did it have anything when you were going through that, did you question your gender identity? Oh, I do, and I, I did, and I still do. Not okay. necessarily the identity more. Not I question the expression, but to backtrack on what you said is, um, as, like, as for kind of knowing when I was gay, it's <laughs> been from the get-go, ever since I was back in Cameroon. Um, it's been little, little things like, for example, looking at, you know, certain guys a certain way that I should not have been looking at or just fixating on guys more than I should have girls because I remember there was this one girl in my class she was always all upon me and I just thought it was the cringiest thing ever and that was like you know way before I had developed um a certain trauma that led to me not being so physically attached to people and me repelling emotions so that was before that but back then you know she was always so into me and I always just thought it was the cringiest weirdest thing but I started looking at guys, you know, a certain way. And it was weird because back then I never knew what I was. I never, you know, knew that what I was was, you know, the sin according to the Bible. And I never knew that it was, you know, punishable by death or life imprisonment. I just never knew. I was just doing whatever just felt natural to me then. When I grew up and then when I came to America, which I sometimes think, like to think that me coming to America was kind of God's way of literally saving me because who I am now, I cannot exist back where I'm from. We'll we'll get into that, but yeah. So when I came here, that's when I started, you know, learning more about me. I remember the first person called me gay in eighth grade, and I thought he was calling me a girl because I didn't even know what the term meant at that point. Again, I was just doing whatever felt the most natural to me. And I literally cried that entire day on the bus to school, and I had the worst day in school. And again, I just kind of kept living my life. And I remember at the time that I really accepted it, it wasn't necessarily like I looked in my, at myself in the mirror like, okay, you're gay. It was more like just doing little, little things that felt natural to me over the course of time. And then after like months or years, I was able to kind of, you know, actually tell someone like, oh yeah, I'm gay. Or like, oh yeah, I like guys. Like, and it just, and I never cringed about it. I never felt... Like I wanted to crawl into a hole after saying it and my chest would not feel like I was going to explode before I was going to say it. So it was just really just me doing whatever made whatever is inside of me happy. That's what helped me come to terms with who I am today. A lot of people, based on what you just said, a lot Mm -hmm. of people outside of the community or, or even within the LGBTQ plus community can sometimes feel that you know, it's not a matter of choice that you can be born this way. Mm-hmm. If you're not comfortable sharing mm-hmm. your stance, you know, that's perfectly fine. But what do you believe? First and foremost, I would like to d- disclose something that I should have done earlier. My views are not necessarily the views of the entire LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. It is the views of a lot of people, just not the entire. So, you know, 
take it with a grain of salt. But the whole, it's a choice. Um, I remember like back um, years ago, that would set me off. Like, oh. because it's like, do I wake up choosing to be discriminated against? Do I wake up choosing to get hate crime against? Do I wake up, you know, choosing to have lawmakers literally tell me that I don't deserve rights? Do I wake up choosing all of these obstacles in life that I have to, you know, go through? Do I willingly wake up and be like, okay, I'm going to make my life as hard as possible? Do I really choose, do I wake up and choose that? Why no, would you? Yeah. exactly. <laughs> Who in the right mind would? I mean, life is hard enough, but when you add obstacles as such, it makes it damn near impossible. For, oh, can I curse now? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. It makes it damn near impossible for you to even live life. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I say it's not a choice, and a lot of people in my community say it's not a choice, and whoever says it is a choice, they have gone to conversion therapy, and clearly it has not been the well, which I almost went to, but anyway. <laughs> um, it's not a choice because it's really just, for example, you wake up and you're straight, you're doing whatever comes natural to you, is it not? Right. Like, I woke up and I just, you know, happened to be gay. I'm doing whatever feels natural to me because I like to call, like, the entity that's within me kind of, like, not separate, but I just feel like my purpose of my physical human body is to do whatever the my metaphysical body inside me feels happy. And what inside me feels happy is just, you know, happens to be liking guys. So I'm just doing whatever it is that makes that individual inside of me happy. So when I wake up in the morning, it's just, you know, liking guys is just kind of part of who I am. It's not necessarily something I chose to because I've gone to Catholic, so I'm a Catholic. And raised in a Catholic home, it's like, of all the sins I could have chosen, why would I have chosen this one? One that could have, you know, maybe potentially gotten me, you know, disowned by my family. So it's kind of like, just why would I do this willingly? Why would I choose it willingly? Let's talk about that. Like, you know, we are all African born, especially in this platform has a lot of African viewers, some Mm -hmm. that may not truly understand or, you know, kind of throw that towards taboo. Like I said, when we were coming across the panel for this, we were really like sent down like, okay, who do we actually know that's, you know, gay or bisexual or um, a lesbian, whatever the case may be, right? To really come together to ask the right series of questions. When you were with your family, right, growing Mm up, you know, once again, you were in Cameroon feeling this way and then you had to come to America. What challenges or obstacles did you face? One, coming across your family, you know, telling your family, did you, did they already know? Did they sense it? Were they open? Like kind of what was that um, environment like with mm-hmm. your immediate family? Not necessarily out, the outside family, but mm-hmm. let's start with your immediate family. How was, what was that experience like? I feel like if you've known me ever since I was little or like have at least been around me before I officially came out, you always knew something was not, you know, straight pasta. It was a little curly. (laughs) Um, And it's funny because everyone knew that I was the only one who didn't seem to necessarily know that. And again, that was because I was really just doing whatever comes natural to me and just really living life, honestly. 
But when I was little, I had this term like back in educare called, which is the school I went to called, they used to call me a boy gay. And it was pretty much just like a guy who acted like a girl. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was like, you know, funny, whatever, because I was a bit popular and the top and everything, whatever. So I just, you know, let it slide, whatever. So, but when I came over here, that term kind of like morphed into me being gay without necessarily realizing it and the the fucked up part to me is i won't necessarily call any names out but those who knew that i wasn't straight even before i did were not the most supportive supportive Mm -hmm. and are not the most supportive and i can tell you know others say that they're trying but personally i don't see the progression as being progressive enough not at least for my take because i am constantly evolving and if you evolve if you're in my life and you're my close um you're my close family and you see how remarkably happy i have been within these past couple years because i've accepted who i am and you can't bring yourself to accept it one to me that's selfish it's literally not your life Mm -hmm. two if you cannot bring yourself to accept that especially if i mean so much to you supposedly i say supposedly because if i truly meant so much to you you wouldn't necessarily you know keep second guessing and keep questioning but moral of what i'm trying to say is certain people knew before Mm -hmm. i did and that's cool you know it took me a while to get to terms with it but if you knew and then when you kind of now know that I'm open about it and you're still just trying to pretend like it's not real, that's when I go from being understanding to just being pissed off and I see your mindset as just pure ignorance. And if there's one thing I can do is I can, you know, I can comprehend anything. I can, you know, I can be accepting or I can be understanding to someone who's slower to pick things up. I can be accepting to someone who wants to be educated. But if you're ignorant about something, I just personally I don't do ignorance. Okay. So, did were you ever, I guess, outed before that first initial conversation as quote unquote coming out? Did someone um, out you for already being that prior to you having that opportunity to present it in your own way and whatever way made you feel comfortable? Personally, I would like to thank God that I was never outed, per se. I mean, apart, apart from that little big bully from eighth grade who, like, asked me if I was gay, even though I don't think that's outing. But he did do it publicly, so I was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like to apologize for people in my community who've been outed because being every day, well, not every day, but constantly on my Twitter feed, I see people in my community who are saying, can you donate to my GoFundMe because... I've been outed by my family and they're literally kicking them out and it's just sometimes it really just like brings it breaks my heart because it's like their families are literally kicking them out because they chose to have the courage to tell them who they are but thankfully no I was never outed by anyone so what what sorts of challenges and obstacles did you face all right so actually now let's rewind Mm -hmm. so now you mentioned earlier that your family kind of always maybe saw that maybe people that were around you kind of sensed it 
wasn't really too sure and maybe we're waiting for you to identify that yourself what was that first initial conversation like with your family or with your friends and um how did you you, you mentioned how you felt afterwards but like what what were i guess some of the responses that you got from those family and friend um family and friends um there's been two two or three like actual like coming out experiences that I remember of like it's edged into my memory. The first one was when I told my really good friend at the time because I had just again like, moved here from well not really well I had moved here from Cameroon but that was like two years and I was in high school back then I met this lovely girl named Caitlin where we still keep in touch today. She was one of to me she was one of the most genuine friends that I had actually made after, you know, a couple years of me being here. Mm-hmm. And I told her outside of her car at her old house. And I, at the time, I couldn't even bring myself to say that I'm gay. Was she the first person that you told? Yeah. Okay. So I literally, like, I was recording the entire thing and, like, I put the phone, then I turned around. <laughs> then I, like, just kind of, like, whispered it. And she was like, oh, I've been new. I was just waiting for you to tell me. <laughs> okay. So she was very, very supportive about it. Um, the second... I mean, apart from that, everyone else that I had met had just kind of picked up the vibe and I didn't feel the need to like, tell them. Mm-hmm. But the other um, experience that I just felt very memorable that I remember to this day, and it, I hold it so close to my heart, was when I went on a cruise with the Nganges and the Ngefors. Sorry, the Nganges and the Ngefors. They call themselves the Ngefors. Okay. Yeah, I went on a cruise with them and I was actually, I don't know if this is TMI, but... I was going to cut off that part of my family because I had a whole plan that I just did not see myself as being accepted into the family. So slowly but surely, I kind of developed a plan, like a year, two year long plan that I would kind of um, cut everyone out of my life. And they were like a huge chunk that I was going to cut off in that cruise in 2019, I believe, summer 2019, August was going to be the last like big family gathering they were going to see me at so it began in march um or was it may that i slowly unfollowed no i blocked all of them on instagram simultaneously at like 3 a.m with the help of my phone <laughs> so they would think i deleted my instagram then the cruise came along and that's when i was we were actually talking earlier that i never used to drink like iron reflex over here Mm -hmm. until i met them (laughs) then i started drinking and we had several drinks that night that was my first well second time ever getting really really drunk and then i came out to leone it was like a room you know like the um comfort cruise shout out comfort yeah 1994 ceo rep yeah. 1994, shop 1994. Very, very comfortable, by the way. Okay. But, yeah. Um, you know, like, the cruise rooms where it's, like, there's, like, a bunk bed? And there's, like, I, I've never been invited, oh. and I had my own beef with them But on that. But that's another topic. Um, so, anyway, so. <laughs> but, yeah, like, in, like, a cruise, like, the cabins, there's, like, a bunk wall. If you book a cabin like this, there's, like, a bunk bed. Then there's a bed down here, a bunk bed. Then there's a bed down here. So, I remember this very well. Alvin was sleeping right here. Jermaine was sleeping right here. Um, Kelly was sleeping right here. And I guess Leonie was sleeping right here. Or was it Alvin on the side? Either way. So that night, um, I don't know. I just, I've always felt really, really close to Leonie. So I came out to her thinking that the others were asleep. 
then I came out to her and I started crying and like exp um, unloading a few of my trauma and then she was just very very supportive about it and Kelly was not fully sleeping because we were disturbing her peace <laughs> so she was like Lambert I've worked with people like you I understand and we all knew that you know you were gay we were just waiting to tell you and they um, all just kind of told me like you know they love me and everything I don't know if all of them remember that conversation the bitch was asleep I think I still have personal peace shout out me. shout out to my uh, anesthesiologist the doctor <laughs> my anesthesiologist shout out to my nurses uh, mm -hmm. Kelly Jermaine Big Jerm what's up Every time I ask her off in hospital, she says it's miserable. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, I remember that night because I was literally, like, ugly crying. Like, tears were just streaming down my face with snot all over my nose. And, yeah, that was my coming out experience. It, was it, I see, you remember that visually. And, you know, a lot of times when you talk to members within your community as well, they remember a lot of these first. And it sounds like it was, like, such a relief for you to come out and share a lot of that trauma. Um, what does it mean for you to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, have the, some, dispel some of these African myths that, you know, like the family's just gonna throw you outside, you know, mm -hmm. really, you know, cause some people have gone yeah. through that, but for your own family, like you, you went from a period where you weren't really feeling the love to now where you feel the love within Pretty some of much. your family members. So like, kind of, what was that experience like? How is it bearing all of that and then finally letting mm -hmm. it go? Um, it wasn't necessarily that I wasn't feeling the love. It's just because I had kind of distanced myself mm -hmm. because I just, you know, it was at the peak of when, well, not the peak, but it was around the time when, you know, gay people were literally being thrown out of the house left and right. So I was just like, oh my goodness, could that be me? You literally never know who it could be. So I just for my own safety as a defense mechanism, I just, you know, told myself that they're not going to accept it, so don't even bother. Though I kind of felt like if anyone wanted to accept it, it would have been Leonie first. That's why I told her first. But at that point, it just, to me, I was just more scared of everything. And then when I ended up telling them, the metaphor that it feels like a weight or like an anchor has been lifted off your chest, I literally just felt like 30 pounds lighter. It's like, you know, when you go to, the, before you go to bed and like you've had a big meal, you feel like, you know, you can be on my 600 pound life, then you wake up the next morning feeling like a, you know, negative 30 pound runway model. That's almost how it felt like. I just felt like I could literally just float and just, just really be happy from the inside, honestly. Prior to you coming out, were there any support groups, any, mentors or influencers that you looked at any anyone that you relied to for for guidance to help you along the journey and coming out um no I hate to say but there weren't really there wasn't really anyone that i could look to for advice or like look to for guidance and there really wasn't anyone for the longest time not until like the past two years so it's kind of like everything that i was doing i was doing on my own it literally i felt like a, a newborn baby but a grown newborn baby just walking in the world by myself figuring out a lot of the things and it was kind of like I was constantly pushing this great wall that could be like the great wall of China I was constantly pushing that wall by myself because I had 
essentially no support system even though the love was there you know even though i came out to them and they said they love me and all that stuff it's just like i'm still having to go through the life mm-hmm. by myself i'm still having to break a lot of these boundaries a lot of these things by myself i'm still having to you know maneuver through everything by myself to today i still i'm still having to do that and it it was very like saddening but it also kind of made me who i am in a good and a bad way in a good way because like it made me a very strong person but in a bad way it kind of like in making me a strong person i kind of developed like a hyper independence where i feel the need to just do anything and everything by myself and it kind of made me not necessarily rely in people as much which is when another trauma kicks in (laughs) now um have you met any other uh either i'm gonna just say gay Mm -hmm. either gay or lesbian um people within the community of african descent and what have your interactions with them been like do you find yourself comparing and contrasting your stories and your journeys Sadly enough, I haven't met any um, gay people of African descent now. A lot of the people in my close, like, personal sector are gay, not by intention. I just think it's kind of funny how, like, God and the universe works, where it's, like, the people that he's brought into my life just happen to be gay. And it's, like, I find out, like, months after being friends where they'll just, like, casually drop in a conversation, which I love that about, you know, coming out nowadays, where it's, like, for a lot of people, they don't, officially have to say i'm gay it's just like they'll be having a conversation and then they'll be like oh yeah there's this guy that i think is cute and you're like oh wait so you're gay or bisexual you know but no i have unfortunately not met anyone like that however i am i'm watching this show called sex education there's this character called eric Mm -hmm. and he's the first and i want to say the only character on film portrayed as a black gay individual exactly and they just had an episode where he went back to nigeria with his family yeah, and oh, you, you what? Yeah, you said you I, put yeah. her on like, to look, it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like, look, he doesn't want to probably my. I don't know. Be, he's probably my second favorite character on the show. Yeah, yeah nah, he's one of my favorite characters of all time because he was one of the only. He's one of, if not, the most, the character that I felt most represented in television, which is why I've been telling, you know, a lot of people close to me like, hey, watch this show. Why do I want you to watch this show? Because I don't want to have to explain myself over and over again. <laughs> This show will do that for you. It will explain this character, which is virtually explaining a lot of who I am. And he went to Africa, and it's like he struggled with the same, you know, things that I've always struggled about, which is like, all right, do you want to pick being happy? Do you want to pick, which is being equated to being gay? Or do you want to pick your family back home, which you know they're not going to accept you? Even his mom told him, hey, tone the gay down, which is not necessarily something you can do, because by toning the gay down, you turn to repress who you are. And once you repress who you are, that's when the mental illness starts to kick in. But anyways, so no, she told we'll me about that. And, yeah. No, for sure. Um, no, I'm going to I'm gonna switch gears a little bit. Yeah. All right. You know, I, I, this might be TMI. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. If it's, but <laughs> to cut you off, if it's TMI in the words of who I say, my godmother, um, Naomi Campbell, I would just say I do not want to comment. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, are you dating? Are you are you currently dating? Is your DMs open? And yeah, let's start there. Are you dating? Are you are your DMs open? Dating? No. DMs open. Hey, it's... that's 
Sounds like you're in a situation ship. Not with anyone, just with okay. me personally, because I feel like I am a never ending, evolving being. Mm-hmm. And like, just like this year, I was able to publicly announce that I was non binary, even though knowing it took me a year to, you know, come to that conclusion, which is why I said, like, you know, when you come out, you're never really done coming out. Explain to those for, who don't oh. know. It. You know, non binary is a big word. Non binary. You know? <laughs> oh, it is a big word. It was for me too, Chalice. And it was. That's why it took me a year to really, like, come to terms with it. But, you know, there's the the beauty about the LGBTQ community is like there's an umbrella of things that you can fall under, and because That's what the pluses, exactly, hence <laughs> the pluses. We're called a mafia for a reason, but there's an umbrella of things you can fall under, and one of that is non-binary, and I'm still learning about a lot of these, so don't necessarily take my word for it. Google is free, but non-binary is just pretty much when you don't necessarily care about social constructs you don't necessarily care about oh this is for men this is for women because the way i dress if you follow me on instagram if you know me i don't necessarily care about what i wear which my birthday coming up the birthday pictures you will see why even more november 28th but i don't really care about what i wear because when i wake up i just decide oh do i want to dress more like quote-unquote masculine do i want to dress more quote-unquote feminine i just really just wear whatever i want to wear that's um, a scope that's like a little explanation I guess of what being non-binary is now there is all at first I thought I was androgynous which androgynous is like when you're a guy or a girl kind of like expressing and you're expressed as like the other gender at mm-hmm. first I thought it was that but for me gotcha. it's a little you know deeper than I thought I was gender fluid which gender fluid is similar to non-binary but it has more of a limitations. But non-binary is just like the big term. And then like the androgyny and like the gender fluid are kind of like subterms of that like big term. They all kind of fall under the umbrella of non-binary. Well, uh, well, have you dated someone in the past oh, before? Dating, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, dated? No. Okay, let's... So this see see now you see why I was like TMI right yeah okay no so that's not TMI trust me the mental health stuff is but worse, but the, the reason why I was asking right is because to me it's kind of like you know as a heterosexual male um you know we sort of have our preferences you know mm-hmm. I and just questioning really is like well how do you find what attracts you is it, it, it I'm assuming you approach it like any mm-hmm. other relationship right mm-hmm. like what what sorts of preferences do you look for do you, does everyone within the community look for different i'm assuming everyone looks for different mm-hmm. preferences Sticker. but like as far as like what fits with you and 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 things of that nature like how are, how do you have those conversations for what you're looking for how do you meet people mm-hmm. how do you go out of your element and, and just say hey you know this is what i'm doing i want to meet somebody i actually want to be in a relationship with someone like, how do you go out and you do that? Um, I mean, for people in my community, it's, I want to say easier in the terms like we have a lot of paths for it, but because of those paths, it's kind of like degraded us from being human beings to just being, you know, pictures because there are certain apps for, you know, relationships or certain apps, apps for just pure hookups and the hookup apps or the hookup culture, we like to call it. It's very, very toxic in the community because you're literally, you don't even know the person's name. You don't know what, you don't know anything. All you know is that big titty 98 posted a picture (laughs) (laughs) 
Literally yesterday, <laughs> there's someone called Ass Digger 98 or like some number that DM'd me, and I was just like, anyways, but that's what it you know it's succumbed to, and it's really sad about the hookup culture. But as for preferences, we don't necessarily like using that word in the community because it's been so the stigma that's attached to that word is not the most healthiest, it's more prejudicial, if anything. Mm. But as like for you discussed me, earlier, yeah. yeah, but as for me with the DMs and dating open, um. I am a hopeless romantic, but with my own personal growth and the hectic hours of work that I've been working and me just trying to figure out what I want in my life because I want to be established first before I necessarily think about, oh, who's going to be on my arm. Though I would like that. I really do like that. But to me, I've noticed that I've realized that that's not under my control. If God, if the universe wants someone to be in my life, they will come until then. I need to do what I need to do to get where I need to get at. But it doesn't mean, and by doing that, I've realized lately that a lot of my time is spending kind of on building myself. And by doing that, I've kind of put my love life on the back burner. And it's sad, but it's just like, I just don't have time. Yeah. And I would, you know, if someone approaches me, I won't deny them. But I'm not necessarily going out of my way anymore to look for that. Okay. Just yet. Makes sense. You know, we now live in an era where people can sometimes feel desensitized or not understand the sensitivity of some of the conversations and the topics that we have. What are some negative terms, connotations, or things associated with the with the LGBTQ plus community? For example, let me get. I think that um, you know recently I learned that even within the community themselves, right? There's a little bit of like you mentioned prejudice, right? Mm -hmm. For example, um, I think I think I'm not sure. Some people will say being flamboyant mm -hmm. is over the top. Well, one, what you know is that considered mm -hmm. negative? And like if I was to say, you know, I don't think you're. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear, right? You know, there's there's a distinct there's a difference between someone who I believe is quote unquote overly flamboyant. You know, they might switch their hips, mm -hmm. they might uh, talk a little feminine, they may dress a certain way, wear mascara, makeup, things like that, which is sometimes comfortable. I've learned to mm -hmm. accept those things because I move with society, and and these were things that you have to kind of grow and yeah, adapt. That's to. Evolution, yeah. right? But sometimes being called flamboyant just gives a negative connotation like what are mm -hmm. some of those similar terms and other things that people should be aware of to make sure that they're doing the right things and not offending members of the lgbtq plus lgbtq mm -hmm. plus community see i'm tripping on my legs i'm <laughs> no, tripping you're good it, it's a mouthful <laughs> wait till you learn about lgbtqia plus so time out i was about to catch myself <laughs> with another one like even saying pause mm -hmm. right like some people might be offended by that so pause? Like, like for example, you said, "Let's be clear." Rehashing LGBTQ plus is a mouthful. Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, it really is a mouthful. So, yeah. No, you. I don't good. think you caught that. <laughs> I don't think I did. <laughs> but yes, share, 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 share. Um, to before I like answer your question and to um kind of explain some more about the whole flamboyance, is there's a difference between gender identity and gender expression mm. or just expression purely 
Right. Because we're moving into a, a day and age which I like to see that men, especially heterosexual men, are blurring the lines of what's, you know, traditionally or like what patriarchy has it as a woman is supposed to do. Like I've been seeing a lot of guys, you know, paint their nails lately, which it doesn't sit right with me and my homegirls that the straights will do it. But when the gays do it, we get hate crime. But when the straights do it, it's like they get applauses. But anyway, I digress. But we're moving into that age where, you know, get, um, guys in general just like paint their nails or there's like this huge trend over the summer of guys wearing pearl necklaces. And, you know, I like to see that that's just purely expression. That has nothing mm -hmm. to do with, you know, their gender. There's actually this Italian androgynous like um, artist that I follow. And, you know, he wears makeup. He wears like black lipstick. He does like his eyeshadow. But he has a whole house girlfriend. That doesn't impede, you know, his sexuality. It's just, it's an expression. Yeah. As for, you know, people asking some of the gays to turn it down, I would say that's kind of your internalized homophobia showing, sis, and you need to fix that. But... Have you been ever told to turn it down? Several times. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But I've kind of, like, grown and developed, like, this shoot, I guess I would say, that when someone tells me to tone it down, they're pretty much telling me to, you know, repress who I am. And that's just not something I will do for anyone and everyone, for anyone in general, which is something that I realized um, about myself, which is also why I've kind of like put dating on like, you know, the back burner a little bit because mm -hmm. it's like I need to be comfortable myself, set boundaries in my life so I don't get into a relationship and, you know, change and, you know, cross those boundaries. But yeah, express gender expression, expression, gender sexuality, or sexuality in general, three different entities. Back to the question about, you know, the hate terms and stuff like that. Um, I don't really recall a lot off the top of my head because I've kind of also tried, I try to build positivity around me. So words like that have negative connotations, I try not to remember them as much. Mm -hmm. But it's funny enough, earlier today, I was talking to one of my really, really good friends, Andrea. Um, there's this movie coming out on netflix i don't even know what it's called but it's coming out this like december or something like that but it's like um a rom-com or just like a romantic movie it's like a very overplayed trope in hollywood where it's like you know from friends to lovers you know like the classic hallmark movies where it's like oh these two people go to um back to their hometown for the holidays and they end up falling in love with each other oh, yeah, yeah. it's like girl we've been there done that can we move on but when it comes to the gays, we get an, an exception because we don't get a lot of representation, if at all, any. So when we get something like that, it's quite a big deal. But we were talking about that, and one of my the things Andrea said that I agreed with her upon is that um, there's a lot of like stigmas in Hollywood and gay Hollywood, like in how gays are portrayed in Hollywood media. For example, Call Me by Your Name. The gays will hate me for saying this, but I love that movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. But the the problematic thing about that movie is the age gap. Because, like, one of the guys, I think, like, he's in his 30s, like, pushing 40 or something like that. Then the guy that he's seeing, he's underaged. So they, a lot of the heterosexual community, or at least, not a lot of, some people in the heterosexual community, at least, especially the religious one, piggyback on the fact that, well, not the fact, piggyback on the ideology that they think that gay people are very prejudicial. Mm -hmm. Gay people like to seek younger people. Meanwhile, sis, we're not all R. Kelly's over here. Well, not a lot of us. 
Um, and that's just wow. very stereotypical. <laughs> Hashtag sorry. Don't, sorry. Don't, don't, don't out some people. <laughs> Please, we, we've had some outings. Some names have been dropped oh, recently, but sorry. we don't want to drop any more names. All right. Not at least today. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll keep that for the rest. <laughs> but yeah, one, we're not prejudicial. Two, we don't really seek out to change everyone, though that's something that a lot of people think we are. Because majority of the time, we're literally just living our lives. In peace, if you come at us sideways, that's when we come out the crack of your ass and show you what you're made of. It's just, we're not really out there to get you. We're not out there to get your husbands. Honestly, it's kind of the other way around, that your husbands are out to get us, but that's besides the point. Oh, we're going to get to that. Yeah, Yeah, that's besides the point. Um, There's a lot of other terms that I just can't quite remember, but throughout the conversation, I was just like, yeah. No, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, sometimes, you know, like I work in D.C. and D.C. Tends, is a hub of mm-hmm. um, one of the LGBTQ plus hubs, I would say, in the United States. It's a, they have a large population in this area, a very Ooh, large population. So I tend to come across work, you know, especially now the, the work I do, the head of the HR is a part of that community. So you see a lot of reflection in I guess representation coming into my workforce. Mm-hmm. With that being said, sometimes you know I might be in a casual conversation and mm-hmm. I might say something that I I might think in my own mind is homosexual activity, but I'm not saying it to be uh, offensive. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it because my mind has been conditioned, mm-hmm. yeah, to say a lot of these offensive comments and. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it takes some time to get that untraining. So it it's, does, it's it you does. know, you know, I, I know words like I've never used the word damn. I, I don't think I've ever used it ever. I think that's Pro- a fun, obviously yeah. yes. Probably just like say the F word. word is, yeah. yeah. Then you know, there's you like, you know, there's mm. dykes. There's Ooh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like these are yeah. these are terms that you know, as a heterosexual male come across every day, mm-hmm. even in casual conversation, you know and don't that. think anything of it. But you don't know who you're offending when you're seeing these comments. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to make sure that we're learning and we're understanding and even casual conversation to be mindful of what you're saying and learning from those experiences. Mm-hmm. Another question. So Wait, to add on to that, I'm not going to necessarily penalize you on that because mm-hmm. I also feel like we're getting into a term and into a day of age where it's, you know, everyone you don't there's like this ongoing thing on twitter where it's like they say everyone's oh everyone's becoming sensitive people are not becoming sensitive people are just becoming more educated there's a difference and people are becoming less ignorant there's a difference there's a difference between ignorance and there's a difference between being educated and being respectful i it's not going to happen overnight i can tell you that because it never happened overnight for me because there's a lot of things like you said that you have to untrain your mind because how we were how we were brought up is like our thought percept our perceptions has been ingrained in us so we never really had a chance to think for ourselves it's like now when we're all you know learning to think for ourselves like for example um i hope he doesn't mind me saying this but um donj when we went to agnaline's birthday i think it was last year for Mm -hmm. in nola we're all drinking and then he said something about someone being fruity but then he turned around to me and he asked me he was like hey is that an offensive term and I told him, I was like, yes, it is an offensive term in the community. But for me personally, because I know him, he's my cousin. I'm cool. I know his intentions. 
if he says that about me, I don't mind because I know who he is and I know what, you know, he's capable of and what he's not capable of. I know that he did not mean it in an offensive way. And I told him that for me, it's not offensive, but just be very cautious not to say it in public or to say it to people because you never know who may be around and who may take that as an offensive term, you know. Just kind of like, sorry to cut you off, but just kind of like the F word. To me, I, I equate the F word, not fully, but I kind of equate it to being, you know, the N word, where now in our day and age, black people have reclaimed that word, just like gay people have reclaimed that word. My ex-bestman and I, we used to call each other the F words like every <laughs> single day. It's not, it doesn't hold anything, you know, it's not a it's not a derogatory term. It's just something that we've, you know, reclaimed and we just call each other that, but no one else can do yeah, that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, don't, just stay away from it. Yeah, stay it's away. for those within the community. If you're black, you say the F word. No, the N word. If you're gay, you say the F word. But I say both because I'm both. In, in a sense, it's almost like, even though that you might feel that way, like you, like I said, you know us, you know who we are. And even though you know our character we're not mm -hmm. saying these terms it's almost i don't want to say it's like you're encouraging it but mm -hmm. sometimes it could it could give us that false sense of entitlement to say mm -hmm. like okay you know uh -huh. i've said it even though lambert might not find it offensive i might say it again mm -hmm. just because i said it around you so do you feel like that takes away from um the progress that i guess the community is trying to make from getting away from it i mean by mm -hmm. i, I, I want to say really only encouraging it within your family because mm -hmm. i know if you were away from your family you wouldn't oh it's quote, a unquote, bitch real quick sorry i'm sorry no i said i would check a bitch real quick <laughs> I'm sorry. No. yeah but um i i do understand what you mean that's why i can't i kind of always give the person the disclaimer that hey you know i don't encourage them to say the word but i'm like try to not incorporate that word in your vernacular as much mm -hmm. but if you say it around me just know that i'm not taking it in any negative connotations but just don't say it, you know, around, you know, a public space or just don't say it in a very not so like, you know, home home area because, you know, the gays can fight. I'm not saying that I can fight. I have my lawyers for that and I have my cheekbones to preserve, so I do not fight. You will never catch me in a fight. I can run. I ran cross country, I ran track, I'll outrun you any day, but you will never catch me fighting. That's just very barbaric to me. And like Megan the Stallion said, if you fight, you don't care about yourself, period. We're, we're going to wrap up in a mm -hmm. little bit, but um, a couple more questions. Mm -hmm. um, what other issues within internally within the LGBTQ plus community is there a divide on? You know, there may be some things that we're not privy to that you, maybe you want to share. Um, child, where do I begin? Let me scratch oh, my Lord. head for this. <laughs> um... Let's start off with the racial prejudice or injustice, I would say. You white, I almost had the F word. It just be slipping out. <laughs> but you white gays, you're not at the top of the pyramid. This is an open letter to any white gays watching. You're not at the top of the pyramid, sweetie. The one thing that a lot of the people don't know about the LGBTQ community is like our entire community has been where we are today because of transgender women specifically black transgender women women who till today are literally being shot by black people in the community which it's like how you hating on your own kind black people how are you out there literally shooting 
literally raping, literally dehumanizing a fellow black woman. How are you going to, this may be a little controversial and I hate to say it, but it's been a conversation we've, um, black gay people have had is, how are you going to scream black lives matter? How are you going to say, you know, protect the black men? But you will literally turn around and dehumanize black transgender women. You will literally turn around in the same, sorry, in the same breath and villainize black transgender women. Like, make it make sense. Anyways, that's part, subtext of part one. Back to the white gays. I ain't forget about y'all. The whole, like, kind of taking African-American vernacular and incorporating that in your own lingo. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't do that. It's mm-hmm. they do that a lot. It's mm-hmm. not cute. Don't do that. Um, what else can I also? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's no. Thank you for bringing it. I actually you you made me think about that. Yeah, because like I mentioned earlier in my workforce, I know mm-hmm. I'm from DC. You know, mm-hmm. but it's it's almost like yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's 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 so to speak when white males who identify as gay mm-hmm. when they've officially come out, they seem to adopt black women um i'm trying to find the right word but i guess vernacular 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 hand motions communication it's almost like they're mimicking and it can sometimes come off as like like a character character. yeah Yeah. and i don't like that and i just kind of feel like it's um it had to me personally it just has some racial undertones to it 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 really really doesn't say i can see that my homegirls please stop it um, number two, um, the body, just the body chow in general. I get, you know, everyone in the world has the way the media has ingrained us. The thing is like, oh, the skinnier is better, whatever. Vogue says thinner is better, as Beyonce said. But in the gay community, it's a lot worse. It's like a hundred times magnified that because in the gay community, if you're almost, you almost don't exist if you're not slim or if you're not toned, or if you don't look like a twink, which a twink is someone who looks like that, by the way. Little gay terminology for you. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, you're very much, like, you're very much just, like, scrutinized every single time for how you look in the gay community. Like, just, let's say, the dating apps, specifically the hookup ones, like Grindr, where you literally only see, like, guys will literally just post, like, half of their, you know, chest, or like their v-line or post like their bulge or post like their ass and generally you're judging off of what someone's body looks like you're not and by judging off of what someone's body looks like you're kind of like creating this very like unhealthy space that you have to look a certain way to seem quote-unquote appealing to another person and i think we really really need to destructuralize destructuralize that because by doing into that we're also kind of giving into what the term is heteropatriarchy mm-hmm. where it's like oh a guy's supposed to look like, like this he's supposed to go to the gym six times a week he's supposed to no that's one of the things i like about my community is because we're spending each and every single day trying to untrain our minds the way the heteropatriarchy has tried to train us to believe gotcha last question <clears throat> what suggestions would you give to the african community um, about being more open-minded? Um, you know, because this is an adjustment. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, this is considered taboo. 
you know, within our own community. And even though we live in the diaspora where it's more widely accepted, even going back home and even to that older generation of African parents, they may not still understand, they may not ever understand. So like I said, what sorts of suggestions would you give to help uh, you know, our community outside of your other community be more open-minded about that community? To answer your question with a question then follow up with an answer, why is it considered taboo? We never, uh, that's I uh, answered before my time, but I think, I think it is has it strongly- your time or were you just not educated on what happened before your time? Uh, probably both. Uh, but what I will say is that I think I could be 1000% wrong is that it's closely related to religion. Mm-hmm. And um, no, it is it's 100% related to religion. So I, I think that's where a lot of the stigma or the bad stigma comes from is, is, is that it's been handed down over generations and generations and generations mm-hmm. um, within, you know, through the Bible, starting with the Bible, of course, and then having people reinforce that, you know, that those traumatic events. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it's something that's been culturally happening. <laughs> for centuries, decades, most centuries, yeah. But um, I do see where you're coming from, and I did too believe that um, at one point, and that's one of the things that I had to untrain myself, and that's also one of the things that I wish there was someone that I could look up to or someone that could help me through this journey and so I don't have to walk through it alone. Like, how come I'm not being taught about my own gay ancestors in school? This is some my history who I am and the people that came before me is something that I'm even having to learn through media outlets like TikToks. I'm having to do my own research about it constantly. I'm having to read books about it. Why am I having to go 10,000 miles extra to find out about my predecessors when you guys, we learn about you guys' counterparts in school all the time. Speaking of you guys' counterparts, the British... The Bible was con- was translated by the British. It was translated, what's that stupid British Empire or whatever? Not the British Empire, but the British Church. It was translated by them. Uh-huh. They had their own agenda uh-huh. because they viewed homosexuality, they personally viewed homosexuality as mm-hmm. a sin. But the text in which they transcribed in English was that the original text stated that a man shall not lie with a younger man. Which is pretty much just saying, you're not going to be a predator, plain and simple. You know, you're not going to be, sorry to say, but you're not going to be an R. Kelly. <laughs> you're just not. I mean, he's convicted, so you can you can very much say Okay, okay. You can very good. much say that. You're I not going to be an R. Kelly. Yeah. Like, just don't be lying with, you know, younger men in general. But the British, they transcribe that as, you know, a man shall not lie with another man. Even if a man shall not lie with another man in the Bible... In the same breath, it also says that if a woman is on her period, you're not supposed to be in the same house with her. Yet y'all still be yeah, in the same house. Yet y'all still be calling up for appointments when she's on her period. And Ooh, so stop, has a Stop, stop, stop. Listen, stop. if you feel like you're in the hot seat, I'm not calling names. Uh, I'm not in the hot seat. Okay, yeah. good. Because like, if anyone feels that way, that's on them. But upon doing my own research and upon you know looking things up, I have actually found out that there are traces of gay people stems all the way back to the 80, no, BC. Mm-hmm. 
all the way Sodom back. Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of like um, gay. Um, I personally focus on this because I like royalty, but there were a lot of gay royalties in Africa, right. in Egypt. Even now, there are like a lot of um, gay royalties in India. And it's rumored that one of the presidents was gay. Well, at least bisexual. And I'm, if I'm not wrong, that's um, Abraham Lincoln because tell me if this sounds straight and I'm not trying to stigmatize or like trying to create not a stereotype. Or what. Not, not defied, not A. Because it was said that, I don't know if it's him, but one of the presidents shared a bed with one of his close friends for seven years. And when that close friend moved out or went somewhere else, they messaged each other constantly. Uh, Tell me that doesn't seem a little bit. I, I don't know. I text. I text a lot of my guys. They don't sleep in my bed, but I, I, I send but a lot. Me, I send texts to Flex all the time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Flex have never even shared a room but. for seven years. <laughs> seven years. It seems a little fishy to me, but. What I would really just say about this stigma is just something that I have had to do is like untrain your mind. Mm -hmm. Literally, don't necessarily focus about what the media is telling you. Actually sit and talk to yourself. You're like, okay, why do I have these thoughts? Are these my original ideas? Or are these ideas that have been ingrained in me when I was little? Because that's one of the reasons that some of um, my people are so scared to come out is because who we are is going against the grain. Who we are, society has told us we cannot be those people. So when we kind of somewhat accept it, it's very, very hard to own up to it because we're like, oh my goodness, society has said, you can't be this, but I really want to be this because it's who I am. But society keeps telling you, no, you can't do that, no, you can't do that. Why is society telling you that? You need to just keep asking those why questions because it's with those why questions that you will help untrain your mind. It's with those why questions that will open your mind up to really just like soaking and more information one last question <clears throat> this i think this past week um well before i even get into that i will say that lately there's been a trend of more and more people being open and, and coming out and sharing their experiences but with that i think that sometimes people can use that as an quote unquote an advantage or sort of as a fad you know, to kind of um, go with the trend of what's quote-unquote trendy, not saying that something trendy. You know, someone like Joe Budden, for example, that states that he's gay, you know, even though it was a clip and I think it was out of context, um, someone like that that just comes out and says, you know, I think, I don't know if he said he was gay or bisexual or whatever the case may have been, but do you all feel offended when oh. someone someone is is sort of like mimicking that very much so because there's like two categories i can rank that under like one you said which is more like political which is well both categories you're profiting off of it but in the context of what you're saying is it's just not fair in the terms of like you're creating this false illusion that you know you're with us meanwhile you're just doing it to get to where you want to get to again capitalism hate that bitch but i'm not saying it is what it is but you know we can spend every waking day trying to dismantle that but also in the other category that at least with my um age group especially on well not especially on tiktok well tiktok only fans twitter um there has been a 
a, a tremendous surge of gay baiting which is the obvious content creators like the sexually like sexually explicit Dang, content y'all got creators. terms on the gay baiting terms on terms on terms sweet there's gay baiting there's <laughs> gay coding there's oh gay coding is another one too um, oh my gosh and gay coding is actually something i learned about a year ago it's like in film when they'll have these they call it now bromance when they'll have these two characters which oh. the writers they're intentionally doing that they're pushing these two like male characters or two female characters together to create this sexual tension but nothing ever ends up like you know resolving within them it's not you know it's not um it's not unintentional it's very well intentional and it's very like that episode on black mirror actually i have not watched black mirror sorry to say well i've watched one episode but, but it, was about it, it sounds similar. Sounds no, like I literally only watched it because it was gay. Because I actually spoke with Clement about this. I don't necessarily consume content anymore that's not gay related because it doesn't necessarily progress my own thought perception. It doesn't progress me where I need to get to in life. But anyways, the gay dating, um, especially now with OnlyFans and TikTokers, is you have these male creators who are, for example, painting their nails or like um, wearing pearl necklaces who are, um, you know, creating these sexually explicit content, you know, that are targeted towards gays, but they're not gay. They're only doing it because it prof it profits them. Like, they get a monetary benefit from it. They'll, they'll tweet stuff like TMI. They'll tweet stuff like a half-naked picture of them, and they're like, retweet if you would let me breed you, or like, retweet if you would let me bottom for you. Wow. <laughs> And things of that nature. It's like, you're sick in the head, for starters. Seek some mental health, which is an <laughs> advice I give all my gay friends. And I give myself, too. But it's just, you know, things that we're also battling within our community. And one thing that I also want, want to say on, on that topic is, no matter how hard you think it is for you as heterosexuals to accept this for one a lot of us at this point is we're not even accept we're not, we don't even want acceptance we want respect you don't have to accept this but you will respect this but one thing i would like to say is if you think it's hard enough for you to accept it just to me again like i said earlier it's selfish imagine what we're going through personally then you come into our community then you have all these like different battles that we're facing within our community you have the racial injustices you have all these unfairness in our community. It's like we have to deal with our community. Then we have to deal with the outside world. It's like a never-ending battle. So I just say, be just be very mindful, be very understanding, be very loving to your, you know, gay friends, and not calling anyone out, but just be mindful of your verbatim or like be mindful of your vernacular and how you speak because. I have people who talk to me and you never know who is going through what. You never know if it's a mental issue, which I don't know why I wouldn't get into that because that's a, that's a whole nother topic either way. Yeah, but, no, well definitely. Mm -hmm. I think well, there's there's so much surrounding this conversation that there definitely has to be another a part two. Oh, definitely. I know, I know we're kind of constrained for time and, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things going on, but me and you will definitely talk. I know, I call it, uh, <laughs> um, you know, that period between the 19th and the and the first, 
of December is a is a turn of period, but I think this year is a little oh, yeah. different because everyone is going to dirty December. But um, nah, there's there's definitely a lot of conversations that we didn't even touch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just really dope, at least for this section or this portion of it, to really hear from um, you and your experiences and the things that you, you were able to go through and, and share. Because I know that there's a lot more. Uh, you were supposed to have another guest with you today. I actually spoke with her or him. Mm -hmm. We didn't even get there. See, that's something we could talk about. <laughs> and I would have loved for that guest to be here because though I feel like, you know, I've said quite a lot, there's so many um, different things about the LGBTQ community. There's so many walks of life that we we each individually go to go through that my view, you know, as a gay black, you know, which Another thing about non-binary, some people don't necessarily call themselves. Hey, yeah, pronouns. But, Since yeah. you let's, you brought it up, we gonna let's talk about it. Oh, okay. When it comes, so now. Oh, wait, wait. To finish up what I was saying earlier, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. But I feel like um, the guest that we we could have had, um, he could have shed more light on, you know, what it's like to be going through. Not to give too much information because I don't know what they want me to say. Again, it's not my business. I'm also one of those people where. When you tell me something, or even if you don't tell me, I don't go, you know. End up, yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm not, if you tell me something, it stays with me. If I tell you something, I don't feel the need to tell you that. I, 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 keep your mouth shut. Yeah. You don't keep your mouth shut, you might end up in a ditch. Man, what? Just, just saying. I'm a fan but, of secrets. Yeah. It's between like, me and you, it's between me and you. Period. But I feel like he could have, you know, really shed more light on what it's like in his own part of the community, mm -hmm. which I hope to see you here next time. Yeah, no, we definitely talk. We got it planned out. I think mm -hmm. I'm gonna say I dropped the ball on that one. I definitely dropped the ball, but we'll, we'll there. There will be more opportunities, and we'll revisit that conversation. Probably, you know, we'll work it out. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the, like I said, the last question was really approaching it. Something I've seen recently, um, actually being implemented, damn near everywhere is uh this these use of pronouns and i think it's, it's actually interesting and important to have so how do, what one what is the importance of pronouns within the community and secondly how did we even get to this to the stage because like i said i started seeing places like linkedin i don't know i think facebook has it maybe instagram might have instagram it. Has it um i know that these different outlets have the use of pronouns now where you can be identified as whatever you say mm -hmm. you want to be identified as or however you feel. Mm -hmm. So what is the importance of that within the community? And honestly, how did we get here? Because it just seemed like it, it happened, happened overnight. overnight. I will agree with you. It also kind of feel like it happened overnight. Um, but I say it's it was very much needed because um, as gay people, um, we've always really been here. We've just been in the shadows. It's just my generation we've kind of you know really decided well not my generation actually my predecessors which majority of them were killed off um due to the aids um outbursts which is one of the reasons why i don't necessarily have or well, my generation we don't necessarily have people who could educate us about what it's like to be us and about their previous generations because half of them were killed off because you know the president at the time didn't see what we were going through as a major you know illness but anyways i digress back to where you were saying um the whole pronoun situation um 
it's one of those things where I don't think you really understand the importance of it until it's you or until you know you're going through it because it's all about again it all you know goes back to what I was saying was it's all about who you are on the inside or who who or the things that you do that makes that person that entity that on the identity. inside mm-hmm. happy and if that identity or that entity says I am you were born as a guy at birth but you don't necessarily identify as that though you may not be transgender you could be like oh, I identify as she her you know you have the right to be called that and it's just you know mere respect like one of my favorite artists Sam Smith wants to be called they them and that's what I call address Sam Smith okay, as um, as for me I don't necessarily have pronouns yet it's a little TMI it's just something that I'm you know figuring out as I go and I'm the type of person that I'm, I don't necessarily like putting labels on myself until I am 100% sure so maybe in a year from now I'll tell you what my labels are because being gay it's like we all just kind of address each other it's like you know he her she like that girl we don't you know feel uncomfortable like for example I can see one of my gay friends and I'll be like oh you're that girl it doesn't necessarily mean like you know you're a girl it just yeah. it's an expression so because of that expression it's kind of made all of us one well, all of us some of us less stringent to the idea of like oh I'm a guy I'm supposed to you know be, go by he him that's why because of that it's also I think kind of like created um, a zone or like created an atmosphere where some people are like well you know you can address me as he he him she her or I would like to be addressed as only she and her or they and them gotcha but it's really just all about respect it's it's a lot and it's a lot and it took me a while and you see all this information that I'm giving you no one was there to tell me I had to to learn on my own and there's still so much that I have to learn on my own and there's it's just it's literally a never ending process of just learning about me learning about my community learning about the people before me it's just and we still ain't got nobody to teach us so imagine that well maybe you could be the first Mm. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but yo, we this is see. this has really been a, a a really interesting conversation, and I and I hope that the viewers out there got to learn a lot more, not only about Mr. Lambris and Dan, I'm gonna call him Mister for right now because we don't got no pronouns yet. But for right now, mm-hmm. for Lambris and Day, um, you know, this like I said, I learned so much just by even doing the research to ask the right questions and get here. But I do want to thank you for coming onto the platform, sharing your story, sharing your journey. Hopefully our other guest, Pius, will join us. I thought we were name dropping. That was my fault. Sorry, Pius. That was my fault. I thought we were name dropping because all along I just said he. That was was my fault, Pius. I wasn't specific. But yo, this has been the Couch Talk on Stuck in the Middle podcast. Shout out to everyone behind the scenes that's involved. Shout out to everyone that we name dropped here. All my nurses, all my anesthesians, all my... Anesthesians. Uh, the anesthesian who's miserable. <laughs> to all my people up in Fred, you know, shout out to y'all. Um, yo, this has been the Couch Talk. Make sure you visit www.sitmpodcast.com to shop your exclusive merch. Shop for her, him, they, them. Shout for anyone in the family. Christmas is coming up. Black Friday is coming up. I'm, I'm sure we're going to have a promo sale. 
You know what I mean? You know, this has been fun. Thank you, Lambers, for coming out. Thank Where can you, the people find it. you once again? Um, before I get to that, I just wanted to give a quick um, shout out to um, first and foremost, the family. Well, the ones, you know, I would like to shout out to Mami Honest, Leonie, the CEO of 1994. Come I'd like first. to shout out um, to Agnelin, to Alvin, to Germania, to Don, to everyone. You guys know who you are. From the bottom of my heart, I will always say this. When I'm drunk, not sober, <laughs> that I really do appreciate the love and the love you guys have given me. I'm the type of person that I don't really ask for anything because anything I want, I can get. Right. But love is something that I can't get unless you necessarily give it to me and people have given me that. You guys have given me that. And... I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And I always tell you guys this again when I'm drunk. And I would also like to shout out my really, really good friends who I feel like without my friends or without my cousins, I really will not necessarily be able to just stand or even just be literally alive in this world. And I just want to thank all of you guys. Andrea, the new ones who somehow snuck into my life and I said I did not want new friends. Okay, Drake. Thank you. <laughs> I really do thank all of you guys. And, oh, like you said, you can find me on Instagram, XOXOLAMMY. That's XOXOLAMMY. Twitter, XOXOLAMMYY, I believe. Snapchat, I don't use Snapchat. It's 21. It's 2021. Grow up. Sorry. Wow. We need to grow up. And I just started adding more friends on Snapchat. Oh, no. We need Yo. to grow up. Mm-hmm. Snapchat I mean- is ghetto. <laughs> one on ghetto but it's just like we need to let her go rest in peace man that's please. where that's where all the good videos go yo man <laughs> once again this has really been a dope conversation a really good one check it out i hope you all picked up some things for today once again this is the couch talk on sitm podcast stuck in the middle make sure you follow and subscribe hit that ringer bell for all new notifications make sure you leave a comment on this video ask questions if there's something i didn't go over that you want to know if there's something that you want to learn or if there's a topic that you feel that needs to be had on the couch talk make sure you share and hit that comment button you know i'm your host sir charles aka capo once again i'm in the building shout out to flex shout out to ma shout out to a cheery aka tutu baby what's up and that's choo choo what up hey it's stuck in the middle we out